All right, Father Abraham, here's my message, had many sons. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> hey, you're preaching my message there, okay. <laughs> you almost could, huh? Yeah. Genesis 12, 1 through, line, through 1 through 9, walking out the will of God is the title of the message. The Lord said to Abraham, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you, and I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse, and in, all, in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abraham went, as the Lord told him, and Lot went with him. Abraham was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. How old was he? 75. Remember that number. When he left Haran, he was 75 years old, and he set out to go to the land of Canaan. When they came to the land of Canaan, by the way, let's just, let's just be clear. Okay, according to this text, right, the Lord's speaking to Abraham in Haran, and he leaves Haran at 75 years old. Okay, just keep that in your mind. Abraham passed through the land to the place at Shechem to the oak. Uh, uh, wait. Uh, Abraham took Sarai's wife, Lot his brother's sons, all their possessions that they had gathered and the people that they had acquired in Haran, and they set out to go to the land of Canaan. When they came to the land of Canaan, Abraham pa Abram passed through the land to the place at Shechem to the oak at Moreh. At that time, the Canaanites were in the land, and the Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your offspring I will give this land. So he built there an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him, and from there he moved on to the hill country on the east of Bethel and pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and Ai on the east. And there he built an altar to the Lord and called upon the name of the Lord, and Abram journeyed on, still going toward the Negev. All right. So, thought that I had when I was, when I was writing this, uh, we'll begin uh, with an introduction here, but uh, where I'm going to go with this is that Abraham is one of the greater cloud of witnesses, one of the heroes of Scripture, the heroes of faith, uh, a man of faith, a friend of God, incredible man, right? But he was a man. And sometimes if we think that the people that God uses are of a different breed than us, then we don't even try to do what they did. And so what we need to understand is Scripture does not hold back when it comes to talking about the good things that people did, but also the mistakes that they made. Yet in the midst of all of it, Abraham is still called a friend of God. But we can take heart in seeing the kind of people that God used because most more often than not, we're going to begin to realize that I'm just like them. I'm no, they're not, they're not uh, uh, superheroes. They're just regular people that God uses. And if he can use a regular person like them, if I demystify a little bit the, the, the uh, legend and the aura behind it, then we can begin to realize, well, if God can use them and he's no, uh, you know, doesn't show favoritism, then he could use me too. Amen? So Abraham is honored in the scriptures for his faith and following after God and believing God for all that God had promised him. In this scripture, what we find is that God appeared to Abraham, Abram, actually, before he was called Abraham, and instructed him to leave three things in going to the land that God would show him. He was to go from his country. Country is from the Hebrew word aretz, and it means the land or the region 
where you were born. He was to leave his kindred. Kindred is from the Hebrew word moladeth, and it means descendants, relations, relatives, or people of your native land. Okay, so if we were doing that today, uh, um, and we were looking at my mother's side, uh, the country, if I came from Mexico, would be Mexico. My kindred would be Mexicans, <laughs> right? Leave your father's house. Father's house is from the Hebrew word Bethavi, which means the family of your father. Basically, the sense is your immediate relatives, your immediate family. Abraham, again, who is known as the father of faith, did not get there where God was leading and did not do everything God told him to do immediately. He got there, but it happened over time. In fact, his walk with God was a progressive walk of faith that led him towards the ultimate goal of fulfilling the call of God that God gave him in his life. So I want to break these down a little bit and look at them a little bit at a time. So what was the first part of the call? In Genesis 12 and 1, the Lord said to Abraham, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. Okay, so now I've got a couple of scriptures I want to look at. And I want you to kind of let me go through them, talk about them a little bit, and I'll try to put it together to help you to understand that. If you just read that scripture, you don't get the full picture. There's more to it. So actually, before Genesis 12 and 1, in Genesis 11, 31 through 32, it says, Terah took Abraham his son and Lot, the son of Haran, his... No, that's not right. Let's see, Genesis 11, 31 through 32. Sometimes when I paste... I paste the same scripture twice, right? You ever done that? Maybe not the same scripture, but the same thing twice, and then you go back and say, why did I do that? Okay, so yeah, no, that was right. Terah took Abram his son, and Lot the son of Haran, his grandson, and Sarai his daughter-in-law, his son Abraham's wife, and they went forth together from where? Ur. Where is Abraham when God talks to him in Genesis 12 and 1? He's in Haran. But the Bible says that Terah took Abram his son and they went together from Ur of the Chaldeans to go into the land of Canaan. But when they came to Haran, they settled there. Oh, I didn't know that. So wait a minute. So, well, okay, let me put it together in a minute. I, I'm, I mean, I love this. I love this, okay? And I may talk about some stuff that means absolutely nothing to us today, but I just like it, okay? So... Um, I like to study scripture. I like what it says. So when they came to the land of Haran, they settled there. The days of Terah were 205 years, and Terah died in Haran. Now, now, now remember that. Terah was 205 years old, and he died in Haran. Now, after Terah died, then it says, now the Lord said to Abram. Okay? So Terah would have been 205 years old when Abram left. We know, if you read the rest of Scripture, that Abram left when he was 75 years old. But wait a minute, it doesn't make sense, because there are other Scriptures that say something different. I'll put it together for you in a minute. Let's go to Acts chapter 7, verses 1 through 4. You don't have to go there, because we have that up there on, on the screen. Acts chapter 7, verses 1 through 4, the Bible says, the high priest said, are these things so, and he's talking to Stephen, who's on trial, and Stephen goes through this whole 
uh, uh, litany of history, the Jewish history, and he talks about Abraham in the very first part. He says, Stephen said, brothers and fathers, hear me. The God of glory appeared to our father Abram when he was in Mesopotamia before he lived in Haran. Where do we pick up the story in Genesis 12? In Haran. Leave your country, leave your kindred, leave these things. But Stephen informs us that God actually came to Abram, not in Haran, but he came to Abram when he lived in Mesopotamia, and we know that Mesopotamia is Ur of the Chaldees. So what does that have to do with anything? Well, nothing yet, but we'll get there, all right? Um, so, uh, and then it goes on, um, when he was, before he lived in Haran, and said to him, go out from your land, from your kindred, go into the land that I will show you. Then he went out from the land of the Chaldeans and lived in Haran, and after his father died, God removed him from there into this land in which you are now living. Okay, and then one more scripture, Genesis eleven twenty six through 30. The Bible says, when Terah had lived 70 years, he fathered Abram, Nahor, and Haran. Okay, so when we read that, uh, we're thinking to ourselves, okay, wait a minute, Abram was, uh, uh, when Abram was born, Terah was 70 years old. But wait a minute, Terah died in Haran when he was 205 years old. That would mean that Abram was 130 years old, but the Bible says that Abram was 75 when he left Haran. Doesn't make sense to me. I'm going to try to make sense to you in a minute, all right? So anyway, then we'll go on. These are the generations of Terah. Terah fathered Abram, Nahor, and Haran. Haran fathered Lot. Haran died in the presence of his father Terah in the land of his kindred in Ur of the Chaldeans, and Abram and Nahor took wives. The name of Abram's wife was Sarai, and the name of Nahor's wife Milcah, the daughter of Haran, the father of Milcah and Iscah. Now Sarai was barren. She had no child. So in this passage, it says that Terah fathered Abram, Nahor, and Haran. We read this as listing their birth by age, but what we don't always understand is the text can also be listing the sons not by age, but by the order of importance or relativity to the following accounts. So the primary character in the next part of the story in Genesis is Abram. So it's not telling you that Abram was born at, at 70 years old. It's just telling you that at 70s, Terah started having sons. The most important one is going to be Abram. So it listed Abram first, right? Now you can dispute anything that I'm saying here because it's not written in stone. But you can go back and do some research and figure this out for yourself that there is some validity to this, okay? But it'll make sense here in a minute, okay? So since Abram was the protagonist in the following chapters of Genesis, it's my belief this is what is taking place. The text goes on to say that Abram and Nahor took wives immediately after the death of their older brother Haran. While it names the daughter of Nahor as Milcah and Iscah, people, people often went as they did back then, they also, as they do today, they did back then by different names. Your name may be one to your immediate family, but to others you may be known as another name. I believe, and some Jewish commentators also suggest, that Sarai was the same person as Iska. So Haran, Abram's older brother, 
if, we, if you're following what I'm saying here, our older brother had two daughters, Milka and Iska. And what I'm saying is that Milka and Iska is the same people as Milka and Sarai. Why is that important? Again, we'll clear this up in a minute. Thus, Nahor and Abram both married the daughters of their eldest brother, Haran, but there's one other hurdle if we're going to accept this interpretation of events. In Genesis 12, 11 through 13, it says, when he was about to enter Egypt, he said to Sarai, his wife, I know that you're a woman, beautiful in appearance, and when the Egyptians see you, they will say, this is his wife. Then they will kill me, but they will let you live. So say you're my sister, that it may go well with me because of you, and that my life may be spared for your sake. In Genesis 20, 12 through 13, when he did that again, he explained himself to, to Abimelech. He said, besides, she is indeed my sister, the daughter of my father, though not the daughter of my mother, and she became my wife. And when God caused me to wander from my father's house, I said to her, this is the kindness you must do me at every place to which we come. Say of me, he is my brother. And you say, well, wait a minute. It says here, he says, it really is his sister. Well, you got to go back and look at the 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 definition of the, of the Hebrew words and what it means. The word sister can also mean blood relation. Right? The word daughter can be used generally to mean belonging to or refer to one who is a descendant of someone. For example, we might say that Benjamin is the son of Abraham, not literally the son of Abraham, but the descendant of Abraham. Such might be the case for Sarai, or even more simply, when her father, Haran, died, her grandfather, Terah, took her as his own. And that would have made her Abraham's sister. All right? Now, I'm, just, I'm having fun, but there is a purpose to this, all right? As to her being of the lineage of the father, but not of the same mother, it could also be said that Abraham was saying that his mother was not Haran's mother, or if, Sarah, if Terah had taken Iscah as his own daughter, then, of course, she would be of a different mother. So Abram and Haran, whose daughter he married, were from the same father, but of different mothers. Now, why go through all this with you? Because to me, it's important to where I want to go with the rest of this message. Remember, Abraham was given a call to leave three things. Reading the text in Genesis makes it sound like he did all of that right away without hesitation. But that's not what the text in Acts seems to suggest. First, the Bible says that Terah took Abraham, took Abram and his family from Ur to the, go to the land of Canaan. Now remember, God spoke to Abram when he was in Ur and said, leave your, your country, your kindred, and, and, and go to the land and I will show you. But it says then in the text that Abram didn't leave. It says Terah, his father, took him. I think what happened is that Abram shared with his family what he believed, what God was telling him to do, but Abraham didn't have what it took to be able to do it. And Terah said, I'm going to help you. And his father helped him by taking all the family out of the country where God had originally spoken to Abram, and they were going to Canaan, but since it wasn't Terah's vision, when he got to Haran, he said, this looks pretty good. My personal opinion. Okay? Because, listen, when somebody tries to do your vision, and they don't have the call from God, they can 
kind of do stuff with it, you know? But when it's your vision, you have to fulfill what God spoke to you in the way that God spoke to you. So it wasn't Terah's vision. It was Abram's, but Terah was helping Abram. But since Terah was not really the one that got the call, I'm sure he got to Haran and said, hey, there's not going to be a better place than this. Let's just stay here. By the way, did you notice that Abram, even though he's getting help from his father, he only fulfilled the first part of the call on his life. He left his country. The second part of the call was this. The days, uh, Genesis, going back to our original text, Genesis 11, 30 through 12, 1. The days of Terah were 205 years, and Terah died in Haran. Now the Lord said to Abraham, go from your country and your kindred. This is what he originally told him when he was back in Ur of the Chaldees. What I'm trying to get you to understand is that it's going to take time for Abram to do what God spoke to him to do, and he doesn't do it perfectly, and he doesn't do it the way we think it should be done, but it ends up to the place where it gets done, but it's a progress. And why is that important to us? Because there are many things, and we might, I don't know where you're at in life, but there could have been things that you got spoken to something by God that God was going to do in your life, and maybe you started on the journey, and maybe you started with some people with you, but you only got part of the way, and you thought to yourself, well, I guess I didn't do what God told me to do. God can't use me. I can never fulfill that part of my life, but what I'm trying to get you to understand is that even though Abraham didn't make it all the way, God didn't quit on Abraham. And if God didn't quit on Abraham, since God doesn't show favoritism and he doesn't show partiality, then, then I think we could uh, infer from this that God's not going to quit on you. That's why it speaks to me. Right? I've not been perfect. I, I feel like a lot of my life is, uh, I've been like Jacob. Wrestling with the angel, you know? You're constantly trying to make my way done. Oh, God, you can't use me after what I've done, after what I've done. It's kind of like the Lord saying, hey, through, all, through it all, I'm still in your life, working with your life. And if you'll trust me, no matter what mistakes, no matter what happened in your life, if you just don't quit on me, I promise you I haven't quit on you. If what I'm presenting you about Abraham and how he got to the land of Canaan in stages is correct, then the scriptures we have here make a little more sense. Terah had brought Abram and the rest of his family out of Ur to go to Canaan, but they only made it to Haran. How long they lived there, we do not know, but we do know that after Terah died, God renewed the call he gave to Abram when he was in Ur. It wasn't the first time he was called. It was, in fact, a renewal of the call. He had already been given the call once. That's why uh, if you were to put a heading there, the call of Abraham, I would put the renewed call of Abraham. Abraham, who had already left the country he was from, now proceeded to leave the people he was a part of. Uh, his kindred, in doing so, 
he was obeying the second part of God's direction to him, but he still didn't obey completely. Why? Because he took Sarai's brother Lot with him. Now, it hopefully makes a little more sense that Lot's just not somebody. Lot is his wife's brother, but it's also his brother's daughter. And so it's like, and, and by the way, Sarai, some people say Sarai's name means contentious. Right? So in other words, maybe he didn't want to leave Lot. <laughs> I'm just saying. And Sarai made sure he wasn't going to leave him. So in my opinion, it wasn't just his nephew. It was Sarai, Iska's, Haran's brother. And so he wasn't just going to leave him behind, even though God said to leave your kindred behind. He couldn't do that. That's, uh, he, he left his kindred, but he couldn't leave his father's house. The Bible says in Genesis 12 and 1, Go from your country, your kindred, and your father's house to the land I will show you. So the Bible says Abraham went, as the Lord told him, and Lot went with him. Not what God said to do. God didn't say to bring Lot with him. But guess who came with him? Lot. Abram was 75 years old. Now, this is why this is important. Remember, Terah died when he was 205. If he'd had Abraham when he was 70, Abraham would have been 130, 30 years old. Impossible. It doesn't work. Unless Abram was not the firstborn, but he was the last to be born. So anyway, Abram took Sarai's wife, Lot, his brother's son, and all their possessions that they had gathered and the people that they had acquired in Haran, and they set out to go to the land of Canaan. When they came to the land of Canaan, Abram passed through the land of the place of Shechem to the oak at Moreh, and then at that, that, that time the Canaanites were in the land. After overshooting the land of Canaan, and by the way, this is like they were in the land of Canaan. I went back and did the math. They were in the land of Canaan like three years, and a famine came in the land. So when the famine came in the land, Abraham said, i got to get out of here. Right? The job report says, my position's not good. I got to get out of here. One thing you don't see Abraham doing is praying about it. God told him to go to the land of Canaan, not to the land of Egypt. But sometimes when things get difficult in the land of Canaan, we want to go to the Egypt. Egypt is our way of taking care of things. Canaan is God's way of taking care of things. In Egypt, they didn't have a problem with famine because they could pump the Nile. They could make crops, whether it rained or not. They didn't need it. They could make crops produce because they knew how to irrigate the Nile. In Canaan, they were dependent on the rain. So in Egypt, you're, you, it's what I can do. In Canaan, it's what God can do. I don't need to have faith in Egypt I need to have faith in Canaan. I'm trying to get you to see that Abraham's not perfect. When things weren't going good in the land of Canaan, he went down to Egypt. And when he went down to Egypt, he got in trouble in Egypt, and he ended up back in the very same place he was before he went down to Egypt. And you know, God's pretty good. You know, 40 years later, 
the Israelites had another opportunity to go back in the promised land. God didn't quit on them. We often say one time, hey, if you don't get it the first time, that's okay. You're going to wander around the desert. You'll come back around. One of these times you'll get an opportunity to go back in. God's good. He gives us different opportunities. If God did that for Abraham, he can also do that for us. Anyway, after overshooting the land of Canaan and ending up in Egypt, God brought him and his family back to the land of Canaan. That whole journey that they were on, three years in Canaan, down to Egypt, back to Canaan, guess who was with him? Lot. Who did he tell to leave when he was in Ur of the Chaldees, leave your father's house. When he was in Haran, leave your father's house. When he's in Canaan, he brought his father's house with him. Man, what's going on with Abraham? He's just like you and I. He's no different than you and I. He's just a person trying to figure out how to walk this walk with God. And as he walks this walk with God, he's got stuff he's got to shed. As we walk this walk with God, we got stuff that over a process of time we got to shed until we get to the place where we are doing what God asks us to do. Genesis 13, 8 through 12, Abram said to Lot, Let there be no strife between me and you and between your herdsmen and my herdsmen, for we are kinsmen. Is not the whole land before you. Separate yourself from me. If you take the left hand, I'll go to the right. If you take the right hand, I'll go to the left. And Lot lifted up his eyes and saw that the Jordan Valley was well watered everywhere like the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt in the direction of Zoar. This was before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. So Lot chose for himself all the Jordan Valley, and Lot journeyed east, and thus they separated from each other. Abram settled in the land of Canaan, while Lot settled among the cities of the valley and moved his tent as far as as Sodom. So what was happening was is that Abraham wasn't doing it, so God stepped in. And there was quarreling taking place between Lot and Abraham. Why? It's because they were so blessed. They had so much blessings in their life that they had so many flocks they couldn't work the same land. And the herdsmen we're fighting with one another. And Abram said, hey, we don't need to be fighting. What we need to do is separate. Isn't that what God said to do in the beginning? We didn't do that. So God stepped in. It reminds me of something that happened uh, in the book of Acts. Remember in the book of Acts, um, it says, you receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. What you don't realize is for many years, they never left Jerusalem. Why? It's comfortable in Jerusalem. It's comfortable in this building. Why do I want to leave in this building? I get to eat every Wednesday night. I got air conditioning. People... Give me a half-decent sermon every once in a while. Why do I want to go? Why do I want to leave this building? Why do I want to leave Jerusalem? Because God said to you. But the problem was they weren't doing it. Remember, Stephen has given us the story about Abraham, the backstory about Abraham, and I told you before, you know why he's doing that? Because he's on trial. Because what happened was persecution broke out. 
And what happened when persecution broke out? Well, let me read this part. Acts 8, Acts 8, 1 through 5. Saul approved of Stephen's execution. In other words, they executed Stephen, who was giving them the story. And there arose on that day a great persecution against the church in Jerusalem. And they were all scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. So what happened? Remember what God said, you shall receive the power of the Holy Spirit will come upon you. You shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the most parts of the earth. Well, they stayed in Jerusalem. So guess what happened? When you don't do what God tells you to do, the enemy comes in. Now, God, God didn't send the enemy, but God can use anything for his purposes. In other words, uh, we didn't do what God, they didn't do what God told them to do, so then persecution breaks out, and immediately they begin to do what God told them to do. They weren't necessarily saying we need to obey God. They're just saying we got to get out of here. But when they got out of here, guess where they went? Judea, Samaria, and eventually to the uttermost parts of the earth. And see, that's what was happening with Abraham and Lot. Abraham and Lot, Abraham didn't do what he was supposed to do. He, caught, he, he, he took him a while to lead through the first part, took him a while to do the second part, but he wouldn't leave Lot. So finally, there is tension happening between them, and that tension caused them to separate, which God had told him to do from the very beginning. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So it took a while. My whole point is it took a while in Abraham's life to get to the place where he actually did all that God told him to do way back there in Ur of the Chaldees. And we're not talking about a couple of a, a days or a year. We're talking about decades. Yeah. It took a while to get to the place where Abraham was now at the place that God had told him to at the very beginning, right? So... Just as with Abraham, it took a while for the direction of the Lord to be realized through the New Testament church of Acts, but God got them there too as well. Just like with Abraham, the will of the Lord for their lives would finally come to fruition, and in the end, we see that God's purposes were accomplished in them and through them. What does that do for us? Well, I already told you, but I'm going to restate it. I hope that what we learn today will comfort you and renew a sense of call in your life that maybe the enemy was coming and saying, you can never do what God called you to do. You didn't do it before. God doesn't want you. He doesn't need you. You failed him. And that's not how God thinks. It's not how God works. Do you think that God would accept me again? I don't think he never rejected you. I think the Lord put this on my heart to encourage you that just like he renewed the call of Abram, he's renewing the call to you. But that was 20 years ago. Wasn't no chump change with Abram either. God, time doesn't mean a lot to God. He's outside of time. It means a lot to us. Now, in my particular case, if it takes me 20 years to get to the place where I needed to be, no sweat on God, but it's a little sweat on me. Because that's 20 years I could have used to do something a little bit better. But it's not wasted with God. He works it all into his plan. 
and in the end, it looks better than it did because you heard that story about the, uh, um, what is it, uh, uh, people that make um, tapestries? When they're going along and making those tapestries, oftentimes they're making mistakes. When they make mistakes, they don't go back and fix those mistakes. They weave it into the tapestry. And it was actually those so-called mistakes become some of the most precious, what's the right word here? Unique, brings uniqueness to the piece and actually adds value to the piece. Right? I was reading something today that there's actually a, I was listening to something today, I think that there's actually a type of pottery in Japan where they have these plates that when they break, they don't toss them out, but they fix them with gold. And those plates that have been fixed with gold, now it's, a, it's an art design of its own, and they're, va- they're very extremely valuable, not just because they're made with gold, but because it becomes like an artistic piece. And what I'm saying with us is that, you know what, we make mistakes, and we err, and we break, and we've done things wrong, but God didn't toss you out. He actually weaves it into the tapestry of your life. And no matter the mistakes we made, no matter what we've done, at the end, just like with Abraham, we, still, we can still be called friends of God. People who walked with God. Only if we don't quit. And let God do what he's going to do. Even if you began a good work, the work of God, but have somehow fallen short. You, like Abram, like the New Testament church of Acts, can still get back on track and allow God to work through you to fulfill His purpose and His call for your life. Amen? Amen.